particularly on the east side, there is uh, poverty. There's a lot of poverty over there. And the people that we were ministering to had never really heard any teaching along these lines that I'm talking about tonight. But the ones who embraced it, the ones who really and truly believed what the word says, we saw a radical change in their circumstances. Uh, We saw them come up out of that poverty uh, mentality and that poverty syndrome. Uh, There were a number of them who, uh, after they started applying these principles, even in Calvert, they begin to get good jobs. They begin to come up out of that. They had an expectation of God's blessing, and it became real to them. But those were the ones who were acting on the word. Now, if God can prosper people in Calvert, amen, certainly he can prosper you here in Cypress, Texas, and you, whoever watching on, on, on the Internet. There's nothing that God can't do to a person who will operate in faith concerning these biblical principles. Okay? So, but you have to believe the word. He says, thou shalt be blessed above all people. This is the will of God for you and I. There shall not be a male or female barren among you or among your cattle. The Lord will take away from thee all sickness and, and put none of the evil diseases of Egypt which thou knowest upon thee, but will lay them upon all them that hate thee. So again, you know, let's talk about uh, prospering in our physical bodies, obviously. And of course, we know that God wants us healed. But I just wanted to throw that in there because uh, we know that we're, we've been redeemed from all of the curse. All of the curse. Now, again, uh, these are Old Testament promises. But I want you to go to the book of Hebrews with me because we want to see that those old covenant promises are old covenant, but they're mighty. In Hebrews 8 and 6, and it's talking about Jesus and talking about the covenant that we're living under. But now had he, talking about Jesus, obtained a more excellent ministry. So the ministry that Jesus has at the right hand of God right now is a more excellent ministry than the uh, ministry that, that the old, uh, old covenant uh, priests operated under. By how much also he is a mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. So all, everything that I just read out of the book of Deuteronomy, Those were awesome promises, but those promises have been amplified in our generation because we're living under a better covenant. So we should expect to be blessed in every area of our lives. And finances is just part of it. And so I just, as you give tonight, I want you to to release your faith and and, and believe God that uh, you are the head and not the tail. Above only, and, and you're not ever supposed to be beneath. Amen? Um, Brother Randy comes to mind. A couple of weeks ago after service, we were in the lobby 
And uh, I was just telling him about some of the challenges that I was having on my job. And uh, he and Barry, they prayed with me about those challenges. But after, after we got through praying, after they got through praying for me, the Lord quickened me to pray for Brother Randy. And so we prayed for Brother Randy's business. And Brother Randy, uh, I don't know if you want to share what happened, but uh, do you? No? I, I, okay, I, I'll share it. <laughs> um, that next Saturday, he told me, Pastor, uh, and we prayed specifically that God would just increase his business. That God would, that uh, he would get more business than he, than he ever had in his business. And the next Saturday uh, morning, do, doing prayer after prayer, he said, Pastor, I just want you to know that uh, I got blessed. My business got blessed like it's never been blessed before. Uh, more, more customers than I've ever had in one single day. And uh, then t- tonight... Amen. Amen. Then tonight, he was telling me that, um, was it yesterday? That uh, he had another breakthrough. Uh, He sold uh, more tires than he sold in a long, long, long time. So I just want you to know that these things are real. When you are obedient to God, and when you're operating in faith along these lines, God wants you blessed and he will bless you. Now I want you to come forward tonight. I, I, I'm just going to do it. I want, I want to pray for you. If anybody who wants prayer for anything, and if I, you have to talk about it, but I want to lay hands on you in the name of Jesus. Because I believe what I'm preaching. I believe what I'm preaching. I believe that these things are true. And this, this is for us in our generation. I truly believe this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Pastor. Yes, ma'am. I just want to encourage you guys. I pulled up this. This is small size. This is us. I showed this to Pastor Mike about a month ago, and I put it up here. This is a contract I got from Molina. We're going to be doing nine hospitals in Houston for three months. And after that, we're going to be over the whole of Texas. Oh, my God. And it's the Hades. If you're a nurse or yeah. you know about the Hades. Yeah. So we're going to be following people when they get admitted, when they are discharged, seven days follow up, 30 days follow up. This is because of obedience. Mm-hmm. Beginning of this year, God made me give an amount. I don't want to say, but mm-hmm. pastor here know what God told me. I've never given that amount before. But in obedience, I do that. And being a widow, you want to be careful. Mm-hmm. And make sure I should take care of my needs. You know, but God told me to do it. Mm-hmm. I should just see God do this. Mm-hmm. In fact, when I was coming to church today, God was telling me, you know what? Encourage the people mm-hmm. to just put down and do it. Mm-hmm. And see what God will do. Yeah, and so yeah. when we started talking about it, I went to my email and mm-hmm. I it back. Amen. So I want to use this as a point of contact. Amen. Amen. All of us to, to trust God. Because there's work to be done. 
God wants to meet your need. God wants you to have enough. And then more than enough to meet the needs of others too. Yeah. You can't just be concerned about us, me, 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 me. So we're going to lay hands on you tonight. I'm doing that. I'm laying this on this hand of you. But as you obey God, God will do exceedingly abundantly set from that end. Amen. Amen. Abraham's blessing above. Abraham's blessing. You just pray, pray your blessing upon my brother. Man. He's the head and not the tail. Every need is met in abundance according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Father, I thank you that she's been redeemed from the curse of the law. Christ being made a curse for her. The blessing of Abraham rests upon her, Lord God, in your fullness and in your abundance, God. In the name of Jesus. I call her bank accounts filled her so overflowing, God. Her investments, oh God, they're, ma- they're manifesting, oh God, in, in numbers that she's never seen before. In the name of Jesus. May she begin to experience the blessing of Abraham, God, in her life, oh God. As she's faithful, God, she's faithful to you, God. May the blessings come upon her and overtake her, Lord God, in every area of her life, specifically in her finances, Lord God. May she be the head and not the tail, oh God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord God, that everything that she puts her hands to, you're going to cause it to prosper, Lord God. No more hindrance. I speak to every hindering spirit in the name of Jesus. And I break the power of those, of those uh, hindering spirits right now in Jesus' name. The flow of blessing, Lord God, will flow into her life unhindered by any spiritual force in the name of Jesus. Every, everything that she's been praying about, God, those, she's going to see a turnaround in every area of her life, in particularly where her finances are concerned, in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for it, Father. God said that the silver is mine and the gold is mine. The, the cattle on a thousand hills belong to him. And, and, and because of that, Father God, I thank you, Father God, that this is your son. And everything that belongs to Jesus has a joint heir in Christ Jesus. It belongs to my brother, Father God. May he begin to experience your abundance, Lord God, even in a greater measure than he's known before, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, he'll be a blessing, oh God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father God. I speak to all of her bank accounts. I speak to those bank accounts. I command them to be filled and to be overflowing, Lord God. Give her divine favor like she's never known it before in this season, oh God. Open doors of blessing. Open the windows of heaven for my sister, Lord God. May she experience the blessing of Abraham in, like she's never known it before. She's faithful to you, oh God. Cause your faithfulness to manifest in her life in this season, oh God, in the name of Jesus. 
God, I thank you for my brother, Father God. I thank you, Father God, that the oh, that the blessing of Abraham rests upon his life. The fullness of that blessing, Lord God, may it rest upon his life. Every hindering spirit, every spirit that will try to hinder that blessing in the name of Jesus, we break that right now in the name of Jesus. The fullness, of a free full, full fullness of the power of the Holy Ghost to prosper, Bill, Lord, in this season, Lord God. May he see it, may he experience it in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In your sister Martha. Blessings and guidance. Blessing and guidance. Shaka Rabakondora Masa. God, we we just lift up her sister Martha, right? Martha, to you right now, Father God. You know where she is. You know her situation, Lord God. And we pray divine guidance for her, Lord God. The blessing of uh, Abraham upon her, Lord God. May she experience the, the, the wisdom of God in her life like never before, Lord God. May you quicken that to her right, right now, Father God, in the name of Jesus. And may, may we hear this testimony, Lord God, about your, about your faithfulness in her life. And I pray also for, for this couple right now, Father God, Randy and his wife right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Fill them has to overflowing, Lord God. With the power of your Holy Ghost. With the power of your Holy Spirit. And may they pray everything that they lay their hands to God in the next two months. May everything that they lay their hands to in the next two months be made to prosper like never before. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God says he's going to begin to give you the desires of your heart, the things that you've been relieving them for for a long, long time. God says he's about to give you a breakthrough in those areas in the name of Jesus. The, the power to prosper like never before. The covenant power to prosper like never before in the name of Jesus. Let me see your hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I thank you, Father, that these hands, oh God, that you're blessing these hands, oh God, everything that he lays his hands on in this, in this season, God, will prosper in, in divine abundance and the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I agree with him right now, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you, Pastor. You want the blessings. You want the blessings. Father God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord God, that the that the anointing is transferable. And Lord God, it can go from one person to another. My sister desires the blessing and the power of God manifesting in her life, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. May she experience it. In her life, Lord God. Shake of the rivers of living water. May she know it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We give you the glory for it and the praise for every manifestation of your spirit in her life, God. The fullness of your blessing, Lord God, in her life in this season. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you, Father.
Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, are you ready to give? Amen. Amen. You'll stand to your feet. Hallelujah. And as we release our faith, we're just going to believe God that everything that he has for us is going to manifest. Lord God, I worship you with my tithe and my offering. I thank you for bringing me out of bondage and the blessings. I believe I am now free from poverty and lack. Everything I put my hands to prospers. Satan, take your hands off my finances. Lord, let the ministering spirits be released. Let them gather in my harvest now. In Jesus' name, amen. May God bless you in your giving. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, tonight uh, we're going to talk about the reality of eternal things or, or eternal life, the reality of eternal life. Um, let's begin with a word of prayer. We'll, we'll pray. Father God, we thank you for the mighty Holy Spirit. We thank you for the victory of your cross. We thank you for the power of your resurrection and the fullness of the spirit that you have given us through your son. We pray tonight that the Holy Ghost would guide and lead us doing this Bible study. That you open the eyes of our understanding where eternal life is concerned. Holy Spirit, you're the one that can reveal these things, only you. And we trust you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, you don't have to turn there, but it says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God says he wants to give us an expected end, and the expected end is the power of an endless life. He wants us to know it. The power of an endless life. And that's what, he, that's what eternal life is. Uh, as I was preparing this study, my wife, she was helping me with it because I was asking her to, to help me because the the Word of God was just coming so fast, but I, I was trying to organize it. I, any of y'all ever put together a sermon, you know what I mean. You're trying to organize it. And uh, the thing that God kept speaking to me was that eternal life is a force. It's a force. It's, it's, it's God's life, and it's, it's unique to God. It is uh, what he has decided to give to his children. You and I are recipients of God's life. That's what I want to lay a foundation of tonight, whatever time we got left. This is God's life that he has enable you and I to experience through Jesus Christ. Always want to 
bring home the truth that it's through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Not a life, the life. So it all comes through Jesus. And God wants us to, um, I really believe in this season, become aware of the reality of that, of that eternal life. A lot of times we kind of vaguely understand eternity and the life that God has given us. But God wants us to get a a deeper revelation and a deeper understanding of it. Because as I stated earlier, it is a force. It is a, a, his, his life and it is a force and there's nothing that can overcome it. I said there's nothing that can overcome it. Nothing created can overcome the force of life, the eternal life that God has and that he has invested in his church. And so as we go through this study, I want us to begin to value more readily what we have and who we have. I want us to begin to walk in this life with an understanding that we're not trying to get eternal life, but we already have eternal life. As you sit there and as I stand here, we already are living in eternity in the mind of God. Amen. Uh, There's nothing that uh, is not outside of possibilities for you and I because of what God has done by the blood of his son and through this eternal life that he has given to us in our reborn spirit. But we have to understand that these things are ours now. And that's the main main point I think God wants to bring home tonight. These things are ours now. I don't have to wait on it. I don't have to pray anymore about it in terms of the uh, the, uh, manifestation of it. I simply must believe that these things are ours. And uh, this is what God quickened to me even this afternoon. The more you interact with God, the more eternal life you are made aware of. Does that make any sense? The more you interact with God, the more eternal life you are made aware of. In other words, the more time you spend with God and in the presence of God, the more you are aware of what you have, of what you possess in terms of the powers of the worlds to come. Hallelujah. The scripture teaches us that. We, we, we've tasted the powers of the world to come. God wants us to begin to experience it in a more full way in our generation before the Lord comes back. He wants us to begin to experience the reality of eternal life in, in, the man, in the manifestation of it in our generation. Let's go to 1 John chapter 1. Get into the Word. The reality of eternal life. The Bible says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have 
looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. That which was from the beginning. Only God is from the beginning. Only God is from the beginning. When we understand that eternal life begins with God and ends with God, we begin to understand the reality of it. So in order for me to grasp it in terms of the reality of it, I must spend quality time in the presence of God. That's where revelation concerning the power of Jesus' resurrection comes alive for us. As we meditate on him and think only of him in terms of him being our source. When we, when we, when we have an understanding that he is our only source, then he begins to manifest himself to us in the way that we need him to, in order to understand these principles that I'm talking about tonight. So I have to believe that God wants me to experience him on that level, on that level of intimacy, on that level of power. Jesus said, and this is eternal life, that they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. So intimacy with God will produce a more, under, a more understanding of the power of eternal life and, it, uh, and our ability to walk in it in, in our generation. Okay? So I have to spend time with God. God begins to open my eyes to what he has done for me through Christ Jesus in terms of eternal life. And again, eternal life is a force. The devil cannot handle you when you get a hold to this understanding. There's nothing that Satan can bring into your life that you cannot overcome because eternal life is the force of God. Amen. So, it says the word of life speaks of the Son. Again, all these other false religions... They don't focus on Jesus Christ. But when you focus on Christ Jesus, then God's eternal life becomes alive. You begin to understand it. You begin to understand that no weapon formed against you can prosper because of this eternal life flowing through you. It's only found through faith in the Son of God. And an understanding of what he has done for you through the cross, through the resurrection, and through his ascension. So the Bible says, verse 2, actually I want to go to St. John. Let's go to St. John. Eternal life is a force. St. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Again, our focus 
if we're going to experience what we're talking, what I'm talking about tonight in terms of eternal life and the power of it, we have to constantly focus on Jesus Christ. That's the most important thing, that we focus on him because it's through him and only through him that eternal life is manifest. Let's look at verse 2. The same was at the beginning with God. So, again, my focus is on the Son, and when my focus is on the Son, God's life becomes alive to me. The reality of it becomes alive to me. It's an automatic thing. As I I focus on the Lamb of God, as I focus on my risen Savior, I begin to understand that I have something that no force in hell can overcome. Amen. Amen. But it's only as I focus on him. I don't focus on myself. I focus only on him. And then revelation comes in terms of my uh, ability through Christ to experience God on this level. Let's let's go back to 1 John. And let's look at verse 2. For the life was manifested and we have seen it. Talk about Jesus. And bear witness and show unto you that eternal life. So Jesus was the embodiment of what God wanted us to know in terms of him, in terms of what you could experience from God, in terms of relationship with God. For the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. So that life, the Bible says, is God's life. It's the God kind of life. Eternal life is the God kind of life. It's unique only to God. Angels, they don't have eternal life. So I said, what what do you mean by that? They don't have eternal life. Me and my wife were talking about that. Angels can't have eternal existence. They can exist forever, but they don't have God's life. Does that make sense? They they can exist by the grace and love of God, but they they don't have his his very life. That's an important understanding we, we need to get. Because again, eternal life is really only for God and His children. It's unique to God and His children. This is, this is what God has done for us. This is why this, this great salvation, He says, don't neglect this great salvation. Don't, don't, don't gloss over it. Don't, don't, uh, think that, uh, when we talk about eternal life, it's just a, just a mediocre subject. No, this is life. This is the life that God has given to us through Jesus Christ. He wants us to embrace it though. He wants us to understand it. He wants us to, to tap into it, to draw from it. Hallelujah. So this is the God kind of life. This is, this is God's own life. Now, 1 John chapter 5, let's go there. For there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, 
the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. So the Father has life. The Word, or the Son has life. And of course the Holy Ghost has life. Amen? Think about how powerful that is. They bear record in heaven. The Father has life. The Son or the Word has life. And the Holy Ghost has life. Those are the only entities that had life, that had eternal life. Again, angels, thank God for them. They're powerful creatures. They're mighty. And they can do all kind of great things. And, they, and God loves them, but they don't have eternal life. Only God's children... Only God and his children possess this. This is the whole reason that God went through all of the trouble of sending his son to the earth, sending him to the cross, and raising him from the dead so that he could give to us as a gift eternal life. We, we, We view it as a gift, and it is a gift, but we need, to, we need to understand it more in order for us to benefit from it here on earth. And this life, like I said before, this life is found only in the deity. The angels that surround his throne, praise God for them, but they don't have this life. Their, they, their existence is not guaranteed. But what do you mean by that? Well, God, and I'm not saying he's going to do this, but God could say at any time, I don't want the angels anymore. And guess what? They would cease to exist because God could say that. But when, when you're talking about eternal life, Once God gives that to somebody or to someone, it can never be taken away. They will always exist, just like God. Again, our carnal mind, we go, what do you mean? No, this is the grace, this is the glory that he has given to us. The angels have have a, a certain glory, but he's given to us a different glory. Amen. And that is to... Just like him, live forever. This is unique. This is, this is different than any other being. You and I have been called special in his eyes. I don't know why, but he just decided that he wants to do this for man. He wants us to embrace it. He wants us to embrace the reality of this uniqueness. Genesis 1 and 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Now the Bible doesn't say that he made the angels in his image or in his likeness. It says he made man in his image. That ought to give us a a, a clue right there. That he had something special planned for man. 
Then he says, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon it. But my, my, my focus is that God made man in his image after his likeness. John 10 and 10. Very familiar scripture, but I want to really look at it. The thief cometh not but for, talking about the devil, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He says, but I am, again, referring to his deity, I am come that they might have life. I am come that they might have life. Not just a regular walking around life that every uh, person who's walking the earth has. But he's talking about through his death, burial, and resurrection that he wants them to not only have life, but he wants them to have life more abundantly. He wants them to experience Zoe. That's what, that's what that life, that abundant life that he's talking about there. Yeah, he's talking about Z-O-E. The God kind of life. A lot of times people run away from that when you, when you, when you start preaching like that because they say, well, I'm unworthy. Guess what? <laughs> we all are unworthy, but we get this because of grace. And because it's a gift. He says, I'm come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So the whole reason he came was so that you and I could experience the unique life, the Zoe life of God. Not only when we get to heaven, but right here on earth. And as I've stated many times, a lot of times the only thing that hinders us from really experiencing a life like heaven on earth is this soul and the weakness of our flesh. It's not because God has not empowered us or given us uh, the ability to live a powerful life is because we have not understood how to tap into these things and how to renew our minds to the truth. He said, you will know the truth and the truth that you know will make you free to experience God in the way that he wants you to experience him. And to experience this eternal life right here on earth, relating to God in a supernatural way. So that's why he came, that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And no one else has the assurance that they will live this this abundant life forever except God and his children. Embrace that. Except God and his children. Go back to 1 John, chapter 5, 11. And this is the record that God had given unto us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Now, notice how he puts that, how John puts that. He has given us his life past tense, it's already happened. The moment you accepted Jesus Christ, 
as your Lord and Savior, you were not only born again, but you were infused with eternal life. You were infused with the force of eternal life. We already possess eternal Zoe life. We already have the Father's eternal life permeating our reborn spirits. We just need to think about that. We just need to, to begin to meditate on that. When we spend time with God, we need to begin to meditate on Him and His power dwelling in us. And understand that His very being, His very life, permeates our, our very being. Every fiber of our being is permeating with the life of God. Again, my flesh, what I have to do with it in order to really walk in this and benefit from it, I must crucify it. I know we don't like that. But I must, I must crucify it. I must position myself in such a way that I don't allow my flesh to talk me out of the things we're talking about tonight. I must renew my mind and understand that I am truly born again, born of the Spirit, and that I am truly in the family of God, and that I have everything that God says I have, and that I can experience everything that God says I can experience in this generation. There remains a rest for the people of God. There remains a place in Christ that very few Christians have entered into, but it's, it's not because it's not the Father's will, it's because we just haven't really realized that this is our inheritance. He is our inheritance. This life that I'm talking about tonight is our inheritance. And as we begin to meditate on it, on, on Him, and on what He has done for us through Christ, the eternal life, that we're talking about tonight, it begins to manifest in our lives. Has, like, like when the enemy comes against you, when you have this revelation, he knows he has no chance. He'll get as far away from you as he can. As you begin to walk in buildings, it'll, it'll be just like Jesus. Demons will begin to cry out. Because of the one who dwells on the inside of you and this eternal life that's flowing out of you. They begin to sense that you understand it. They know you got it. They can see in the spirit. They know this eternal life that we have. But because we are blind to it, we don't understand the power that we walk in. So when you lay hands on the sick, the life that is Christ Jesus, begins to flow out of you into the sick person. And they get healed. Amen. This is what eternal life is. This is what it, one of the manifestations of it. It produces after its kind. It produces life in those who are experiencing death. We just got to get there. We just got to get to the point where we, re where we recognize that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I really believe it. I don't just spout it out of my mouth, I just don't talk about it, but I really believe it. And the manifestation of it begins to manifest in my life because I believe that I have been born from above. 
and that his life is my life, that I'm connected with him, that everything that he has, I have. See, God sees you and I, again, differently than we see ourselves. God sees us married to him. He sees us being one with him right now, right now, right now. He sees us one with him because Jesus prayed that in the 17th chapter of John. Father, that they would be one just like we're one. And the life that they experience, he, Jesus says, I want my church to experience it. Verse 12. He that hath the Son hath life. We read that before. But have we, has we, have we grasped the reality of it? He that has Jesus has this life. Not going to get it, you already got it. And he that hath not the Son hath not life. Those who have this life can and, and will experience eternity with God forever. Those who don't have this life will be denied that. Not because it wasn't offered, but because they rejected it. But this life that I'm talking about tonight, this eternal life, we have it because of Jesus Christ and our faith in him. I'm going to hurry to a close. Let's go to verse 20. And we know that the Son of God has come and had given us an understanding. That's what we're getting tonight. We're getting an understanding of these things. That we may know him that is true and that we are in him that is true. Again, talking about this oneness. Because we have this oneness with him, we, have, we share his life. We experience his life, the Zoe life. And we are in him, that is true, even in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Glory to God. I'm out of time, but I want to, us to begin to understand some things. We... God's will for us in this hour is to be the greatest manifestation of the church that's ever been. We have been given an assignment. We were born in this generation. And because of that, I know every generation says this, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. But I really believe he's coming in our generation. I really believe that. And we have an assignment and that is to proclaim this gospel and to proclaim him. And he has given to us this, this eternal life I'm talking about to be able to readily proclaim Christ. Proclaim heaven and our uh, connection to it. We are the body of Christ. And we have things that God wants us to do, but we won't do them, we won't experience them unless we acquire this kind of understanding I'm talking about tonight. That we are truly saved and truly a special people under God through His Son. Stand to your feet. I'm going to pray. Because the only way that we get this is through study of the Word, and through 
spending personal time with God. So, Father God, I thank you tonight. We thank you tonight for the precious blood of your son and for his resurrected life. And we thank you, Father God, that we are one with him through this eternal life. And as we are in your throne room tonight, Father, we ask that the Holy Spirit would give us divine light in our prayer lives. That the grace and mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ would be made manifest in that throne room. That we would begin to see all that he has done for us. How he has truly given us his life and has, been, has allowed us, O oh God, to be raised up together with him in heavenly place. May this not just be uh, passing knowledge, but may this be revelation knowledge for us on a daily basis as we seek you. Give your children this understanding. They are your inheritance. Cause them, O oh God, to walk in this power, to walk in this grace, to walk in the spirit in this way. And we'll give you all the glory. We'll give you all the praise. We'll give you all of the honor for every manifestation of your spirit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.